Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Welcome to Raven's Nest. Yeah, you know, uh, hey man, we finished, uh, you know, what you and I call season one, which is the first book. Um, yeah, and we, you know, we're, we kind of wanted to do a recap with everybody, just kind of thoughts on the first book, and you can also, you know, kind of first season of, of Game of Thrones as well, you know, that comparison there, and then we'll talk a little bit about, um, you know, just some people's favorite characters, favorite um, plot points, and then talk a little bit about, hey, as we go into Clash of Kings and this world that you know George R. R. Martin has created vastly expands, you know, some of these other characters um, as as well. Yeah, I think it's neat just to reflect on the first book as a whole, and uh, we kind of asked some of our patrons here just for questions, things that they thought would be good to discuss, and it's just, it's kind of, it's a milestone, it's it's neat that we're here, and that we got to do this kind of as a group, and uh, I don't know, it's been, it's been really neat, so this is a nice little transition as we get ready to move into a Clash of Kings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, Sir, I mean, you're kind of, what, what are some of your kind of takeaways just from the first from the first book well um again this is one you, you you've always said that it's actually really it's very similar to the tv show like it's it's one of the, the more closely adapted if you will mm-hmm. and uh, so i don't know like like for me it's just it's it's the start to everything it's mm-hmm. it's amazing to me i guess one of my biggest takeaways is always Mantrader that he's mentioned right out the gate and that he that that george had in his mind this story uh kind of knew i don't know I've, I've read that it was supposed to be a trilogy and then it's expanded from there and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff but uh that he had this idea of a king beyond the wall that mm-hmm. this war that would take place it's just i don't know it, it, it now that i've seen the show i'm starting to wonder it's like did he really did, did he really know that bram was going to be what we see in the show at the end is that what he's is that what george sees and that's the big uh you know thing that i'm i'm, I'm struggling with thinking about but uh, i'm just amazed at how much he had kind of planned out he knew this was going to be more than one book he was planning a series a song of ice and fire right and that's i think really from from the prologue just just seeing the others is mm-hmm. is huge uh, and then realizing that mance raider is uh, is a big player and then Looking at uh, all the little, the, like the fever dreams that that uh, that, that Eddard has about the Tower of Joy, and right. then Brand's having dreams. I think the dreams are kind of like a big takeaway from from this first book. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like the first book. Um, you know, in thinking about it, is it's actually kind of I don't want to say narrow, um, but just like you know, it, you know, just reading, just go, just going back and reading the first chapter of a clash of kings which you know we'll be jumping into here in a couple weeks um it just it it drastically expands um immediately right because you know in this we in in this book we've learned a little bit about the seven you know there's oh there's really the north and the south and then you know it goes a little bit beyond that and really there's there's kind of there's really only about four regions if you will you've kind of got like you've got the north you've got the south you've got like the wall and beyond but we haven't we haven't gone beyond there. We've just kind of heard rumors of it. And then we know Daenerys is like way over somewhere else. Like she seems like she's way far away. Um, Cause if you were reading mm-hmm. this for the first time, you know, not knowing, you know, just how close Essos is and all of this other stuff, you know, it's across the narrow sea. And so it seems like Daenerys is off 
she's doing her own thing. She's been, she, you know, her family's exiled. Um, so even with that, you know, you and I have talked about as we do these Daenerys chapters, they seem so different. And that's why her POV is one of the better POVs for the first book, just because then you're just really getting her storyline. Um, yeah. And even, you know, like John doesn't seem as far away at the beginning because, you know, it's just north of Winterfell and Tyrion goes with him, who's one of our characters. So, you know, we see Tyrion leave the wall and come south. So the whole first book seems relatively close. Things things don't really seem as far away as they certainly become as you expand on the characters. Um, you, you know, in the second book, you know, Theon is, you know, leaves and he runs, you know, he goes to the Iron mm-hmm. Islands and that's kind of a new place for us. We know we've heard about it, but we've never we've never been there. So that seems like it's it's a brand new place. And then um, as we go further, we get to Dorne and then, you know, Essos drastically expands because Daenerys is is walking around Essos and then, you know, other characters go there. So, um, you know, by the time you get to like a Dance of Dragons, you're all over the world. Then you we go beyond the wall. Whereas, you know, the first book, man, it's really there's there's really not a lot of locations that we go to. We go, we see the Riverlands, we see a little bit of the Vale, mostly King's Landing and Winterfell. Yeah, well, it, interesting to think about, right? The the one point of view that we air quote lose is Eddard Stark, and then it's you know he's replaced with how many more different point of views? I mean, right. it it totally expands. You've got Stannis, and then you've got, I mean, even later on, like um, Cersei ends up getting her own and mm-hmm. uh, point of view, and it just it just kind of keeps. Uh, like we lose one character's point of view, but then we gain a bunch bunch of others. And it yeah, we get makes it. Uh, I mean, just in the clash of, yeah. clash of kings is, I mean, you get Theon, you get Davos. You know, that's a brand new character, and yeah. Um, I mean, then we hear, you know, we have we've heard of Stannis, but we've never we've never seen him. So then we get, and then and then immediately this this idea of the gods, which we've really not heard a lot of. We just know that they're different in the north and the south. Well now there's this new god introduced and they're doing like this weird kind of sacrifice. Uh y- y- you know, well not really sacrifice. They're doing this weird ritual on a, on the beach and it's like, okay, what's going on here? And then it's like, okay, now we're you know, we're just off to the races. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. It's I don't know. It's it's just I, I keep I always talk about the threads, right? Of just how many different threads he starts to kinda pull on and the different plot lines and the, the I don't know it's, it, it all it all needs to come back together and that's where we're all like well how is this going to happen and uh it's it's just it's just neat to see that all of that was wound up into a tight little ball at the start of the series and then at the very end he starts to pull this character this way and as you said Theon goes here and then Danny's going to keep doing her thing and then brand new Davos Seaworth is in there uh it's it's uh it's fascinating just so someone left us a comment I think it was in the Facebook group and they had just finished a Song of Ice and Fire, and they were like, "Wow, I see why it's taken George so long to write." <laughs> yeah, you know. So I yeah, know. I have it. I have the uh, the the chapter summaries pulled up here, and you know some interesting things about the first uh, book is you know, and this just goes into the way that Gurr does storytelling is, um, you know, we talked about it when we were we were doing these chapters is you know Sansa chapters and Arya chapters. You know, there's only there's uh, what is this five or no, there's there's uh, six Sansa chapters in the first book, which doesn't seem yeah. like a lot. But it's be- and there's also and there's only five Arya chapters. But, you know, a lot of those are in Eddard chapters. A lot of the Eddard chapters contained, you know, 
Sansa and Arya and, you know, vice versa. So a lot of those characters mix and match. And then with John, yeah. you know, some of those early Tyrion chapters, John's pretty prevalent, um, you know, characters who don't get point of views, which is interesting, you know, is like Rob. Rob doesn't have a Rob doesn't have a point of view chapter. It's always told. Right. It's told mostly um, through Catelyn. I, I, yeah. I, I'd have to I'd have to look at the specifics, but I'd say just about like ninety percent um, is is told through through Catelyn chapters. And you know, so it's just it's interesting. You know, Jamie Lannister, Cersei Lannister, Robert Baratheon. A lot of these characters, we only see them from a specific point of view, and that's another thing. As you go into a Clash of Kings, where you start to get more point of view chapters. You see these other characters and how they're described by other people. Um, you know, I think it, it changes our perspective on things a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed, my friend. Yeah. Uh, that's why we're, we are really ready to kind of gear up and take it to a, a, another level. When we get mm -hmm. into that book, we're going to do a lot more maester studies and track down new houses and new characters. It's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So, who is your uh, who is your favorite uh, character in book one? Wow, favorite character? Gosh, that's tough. Um, I mean, I've I've always like as as I said, like when my favorite scene, as, as everyone knows, is Beric, where they you know calling out to Beric and Darian and the whole hands tourney. Uh, I, I kind of love that uh, that sequence, and then Eddard getting his chance to sit on next to the throne and, and uh, give out the last sort of like King's command or last uh, commandment there for Lord Robert Royal decree, whatever you want to call it. So I, I, I like that, I guess, Barrick's favorite character, but I mean, if I had to pick like a point of view character that I really enjoy following. Gosh. And this first one is just Eddard Stark, right? Yeah, I know. I'm, <laughs> I mean, right. I'm with you. Yeah. He, he carries it. Yeah. That's, and that's what's so crazy is that that's the one that you you love when his when his storyline kind of picks up and continues. So many things, so many other, as you said, other characters, his children, what have you, are are uh, talked about in his point of view, and and uh, it just really moves the story along. And then for that to that point of view to end is just crazy, right? Crazy. And we and then we really don't even get good closure because like the way we see it end is through Arya's perspective. Mm -hmm. So it's like. You know, we had the last little conversation down in the cells, but then what happened on the way up there? What was he thinking? What were his last thoughts? We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with so. you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first book for me, you know, because I watched the season first. I watched the first season, and so my time watching it, I was um I was like, man, I really like Eddard Stark. I really, like, and then my second was John, and I was like, I really like this that John guy. You know, like I remember t talking to you about it after I'd watched it. Like, you know, when you gave me, I think you, I think you had the first season on DVD. He's like, dude, you got to watch this. And so yeah. I remember um, being like a couple of episodes, and I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, this guy's really cool. And like, you obviously didn't say anything because you know he dies. And uh, and then I was like, but I kind of like that John guy, like the guy who goes to the wall, like that. That's pretty cool. Um, right. And, uh, you know, now that like we've, we've read the books and stuff like that, there's, there's some, there's some things that I really like that, um, happen in the show that don't, that doesn't happen in the books. You know, like we've, we've talked about that. We brought this up a handful of times. There's the, the conversation between Jamie and Ned in the, in the throne room that doesn't take place in the books that I thought the show did a really good, it's just, it's just way of expanding the character a little bit. Um, you know, where Jamie says like, you know, it was a really bad thing terrible thing that happened to your your brother and your dad and i think that jamie you know show jamie if you want to use that um 
is uh I you know I think I think that that show Jamie um I I, I think it's just his compassion. I think he legitimately means it. And you know Eddard Starks mm-hmm. like he said you know that what you said, you know is that is that what you tell yourself when you stab the king in the back. And um then there's the conversation yeah. um you know between Robert and Lyanna that we don't or excuse me Robert and Cersei that we don't see. There's the um you know the conversation of like Robert Jamie and uh Barris and Selmy where they're asking about like their first kills and I think that's some really yeah. good just character development that the show can kind of like you know since you don't have as much time you can kind of squeeze in and kind of push some of these characters forward uh, especially Jamie you know he's like he kept saying burn them all you know and then he then he leaves and then um the end where Ned Stark is about to be beheaded and they they're dragging him you know up to the or they're walking him up to the you know, up to the sept of Baylor, and he and he run he walks past Yorin and he sees Arya and says, you know, Baylor, Baylor, and so then Yorin sees her and goes and like rescues yep. her. So it's almost like that last act of Eddard Stark, and it's certainly something that I think you know. I just don't think Gur was. You will you we get it through people's perspectives. So it's it maybe you know some of those scenes maybe stuff, especially as who was involved more in the original season. Um, I'd really have to go back and watch like special features and, and stuff like that. But that Gur may have had uh, a hand in writing and being like, you know, this is stuff I thought about putting in, but I just never could fit it into the chapters because they're told through a specific point of view, which he's mentioned a lot. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he's gotten questions about the first book. We watched it in an interview where he was talking about Bran and Bran doesn't show up at the feast. Um, you know, that that's told through John's point of view when everyone's walking in and John's talking to Benjen. Uh, and they right. say, like, you know, where was Ben? You know, where was, you know, where was Bran and all of this stuff? And he's like, to be honest, I think you just kind of like forgot to include him. You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. but, <laughs> but, you know, it's just stuff like that, that maybe he's just joking around. Maybe he did mean to include him, but it just didn't fit or, um, you know, whatever. So maybe some of those scenes, Gur like helped write, you mean, it, it, it's never been confirmed or anything, but I think it'd be interesting to, to see. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's like when you were talking about the piece with Jamie, you know, as, his line may end, but when we're watching it in a, in a t- TV adaptation, we can see his body language and you kind of see how maybe what Eddard said might have hurt his feelings a little bit. Or like just could see a look on his face that would suggest that, uh, wow, they, they, there's a misunderstanding there. Mm-hmm. Or there's more to that, which you don't always get um, in the books. You could do. I mean, you could do it. It's just I think it's we, we, that's an actor who's, who knows how his character is going to develop and what he's struggling with internally and he's trying to convey that too so i just think think it's yeah yeah lord adam parker says maybe maybe gur changed his mind in 30 years with the story yeah (laughs) you know it's just like yeah you know i should have done this i should have done that right yeah but at least it's at least it's doing it that way and not just like writing on twitter oh yeah by the way you know Eddard Stark was, you know, gay and also, you know, like, you know, wanted to become a woman and yeah. all this other stuff like some other fantasy author does all the time. Sorry, just getting a little JK rolling bashing in there, you know. Hmm. Sir, Matt, hey, you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I said my my voice went out. Did my voice go out or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're good. We can hear you now. 
Oh, okay. That was weird. I don't know. Um, yeah. oh, okay. Oh, internet looks like it just, uh, sorry. Took a little, little dip there. So anyway, yeah, I was just, I was just doing a little, uh, JK rolling bashing there, you know, well, yeah, she That's just, she just goes, she just goes on Twitter and she, you know, so at least Gurr can do it she in a TV it. series. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. All right. Um, awesome. So onward. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's, sh- who should we bring on first? Um, I don't know who wants to, who wants to go first. Maybe somebody in the uh, Game of Thrones is better than Harry Potter. You are absolutely correct with that, Lord Adam Parker. Uh, I'm sh- uh, whoever whoever just kind of maybe maybe say in the uh, in the in the things. Here. Let's go with uh, maybe Maglum here. I think he's. I'm gonna I'm gonna unmute him if he's ready to go. Uh, oh, I think Maglum has his uh, himself muted. I can I can server I can server mute everybody. So. Oh. So yeah, so you guys, you guys can leave your mics on. Uh, so as soon as we click you on, you you'll be ready to go. You won't, it won't pick up or anything. I I can control who's muted and stuff like that. So such power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maglin, what's up? Oh, it's just getting on. Power. So that's. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah, yeah, you're a little, you're breaking up a little bit, but uh, I'm guessing you're, are you groggy? Are you sleep deprived? Are you, are you yeah, okay? what, yeah, what time is it there? Uh, just getting on 6 a.m. Oh, 6 a.m. Gosh, wow. it's pretty early, yeah. Um, got, got a little bit. Okay, so I'm thinking on one, and you mentioned how we have Rob, which I think is quite interesting. Because looking at how a lot of other right, look at character of the son of the betrayed lord who killed out leading an army for vengeance of his father. That's like prime character. Right. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we don't get him as an actor character yeah. is just very surprising. Like we see it instead all through the mother, and that's just an way of how right kind of likes smaller characters who are part of the act. And so like, we don't get Stannis, we get Davos. We don't get like, we do get Eddard. The character really is a big power player. We get, who else do we get in a game of Thrones? we got Daenerys at one is the wife. Oh, yeah, it's it, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's okay. I I I see I see I see where you're, where you're going with that. Yeah, yeah. As I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it is interesting that we get a lot of these characters. Um, you know, uh, like you said, you know, Daenerys. That's one I was thinking of too. With with Cal Drogo, we never we don't get a Cal Drogo point of view. It's all told through Daenerys, and um, I think you know part of that with Gur is maybe just the. <sighs> You know, you don't have time to give everybody a a a, a, a point of view, and then also you know, you just you, you get that. I think it's just inter- an interesting way to do it because then it you know like with Rob, I think specifically with Rob, I think it's it's um it's best because you get um Catelyn's viewpoint of him, and you know if it's if it's through Rob, I don't know it it just it's, it's different because with Catelyn, she's so worried about him. And she talks about how he's growing, and I think it, his character's changing from just being, uh, you know, like a teenage boy, to, um, 
you know this the lead the house of the head of his house because his father dies. The freaking king. Yeah, it's a king. Yeah, it's a king. Yeah, it's a king. Um, yeah, it's forced on him too soon as well. Yeah, I think that she, you know, being told through her, we were a little more like sympathetic, and you know, because we just because we see her see her son uh, change so quickly, and she talks about, you know, I hope he's kissed a girl. I have all these hopes for him. Where we just we wouldn't have we would it wouldn't be the same if we get it through, um, you know, through through Rob. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And oh, sorry. Yeah, no, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say as well. Like, and same thing goes for like Tyrion being the sole representative of House Lannister that we get, mm-hmm. and he's the only non-Stark major point of view besides Daenerys. And Daenerys is over the season. Essos and most of her stuff is largely world building, sort mm-hmm. of in history, which I think is kind of the big point of Daenerys. A lot of time in book one is this like whole outside of history in the world which we don't get to see with anyone else that's why they you know that's why she's kind of there but Tyrion, we get him we don't get jamie or cersei who are really involved with everything going on either with the war or with king's landing and we don't get tywin who's like this massive power player and he's got all this history and interest to him and he everyone's terrified of tywin we get Tyrion, the son who's largely cut off because you know he's the black sheep of the family so to speak yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and I, interesting. Yeah, and you what? know, well, I, 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 I think it, I think some of it is just you know this is the idea that he he cre- he he writes you know like we're led to believe that you know Cersei and Jaime are like villainous characters, you know I I, mm-hmm. I guess, and then it's only when Jaime gets his hand, um, cut off that you know he becomes. A, a point of view cha- a chapter and it's really only when Cersei is almost in a position of, of weakness when she becomes a, a point of view character and so I think it's just I think it's just some of the way he he writes it because if you gave us Cersei and Jamie right out of the gate we wouldn't really we might not perceive them as much as villains because we would get their their point of view it would be interesting though to see the entire series from Cersei's point of view yeah like you would see her downward spiral a lot more pronounced. Her downward spiral is a lot more pronounced and well done and obvious than whatever they were trying to claim Daenerys has. Because Cersei, it is apparent going throughout the whole books how you see each loss that she feels and each thing that she endures drags her down a little further into this like well of brutality that she goes into, where she will just get to the point where she's willing to blow up the entire Scepter Bell. I don't know if Cersei in book one would have done that yeah because she's not at that point yet she just gets pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed because her own bad decisions honestly add up to it Uh, she's very much i will do this now and it'll make everything better for me forever afterwards but she doesn't think about how the long-term consequences of her actions seem to always come back to bite her Mm -hmm. which is why it's a bit of a disappointment that at least in the show it wasn't her own actions that really led to her dying it was just something completely external. It would have been so much better if it had been, you know, her own mm. constantly pissing off everyone around her that, like, led to her, like, getting stabbed in the back by someone. Maybe she does something, like, to Kyburn and she pushes him too far and he gets pissed at her. Or, so, or um, oh, well, I guess I couldn't really see Sir Robert Strong doing it to her at this point because I don't think he's got a will of his own, really. Right. But it's me getting sidetracked and talking about season eight rather than book no. one. It's hard not to do. That was because you got me thinking. Like, I mean, think about that. They had nothing. They have no 
like internal thoughts. What is what is the point of view when she dies there? I mean, is it who mm -hmm. who is it, Jamie or her? And then mm -hmm. what are they thinking about at that time? We got their actions, we have their their dialogue, but what what's going through their mind? What regrets or what have you? Yeah, and I did hear a good point. How some people said it was a fitting death for Cersei in a way because she always longed to be seen and paid attention to by everyone. And she dies alone in the dark. Well, not alone in the dark, but. Mm, yeah. No one knows what happens to her until Turian goes down to the basement, and no one really seems to care. Daenerys, by the sound of it, looks at her just assumes she's dead and is like, well, that's done. It's easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, that is yeah, kind of a contrast. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Um, yeah. Can I kind of say yeah, what I'm looking forward to in book two? Absolutely. Absolutely. In book two, I'm actually super looking forward to um, looking at Melisandre again because. When I first watched the show and when I first read the books, I hated her at the start. I hated her at the start of the show and at the books because she's so arrogant. She is so arrogant. But then as you read on, you start to see how it's much more of a ploy and an image that she's projecting. And you, right. especially when you get that point of view chapter from her later on, and you see just her inner thoughts and that and her own doubts and her own fears. And it's like, oh, this isn't just some abstract concept she is a person and she has got her own doubts and fears and worries about all of this stuff she's not this all-knowing all-seeing being of fiery magic that she projects and that she likes to pretend she is so i really like her actually now it's interesting i really came around on her like when i first saw like the stannis crew I like Davos because Davos is great, and I don't think anyone dislikes Davos. Well, there might yeah. be mm -hmm. out there. Although there are a lot of people out there who actually dislike Ned Stark a lot. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, no, that people dislike him for various reasons. But uh, I disliked Stannis a lot, and that hasn't changed, but that's my own whole big reason. <laughs> <laughs> I know that a lot that you so Matt. Sorry, it's, hey, it's, I, I'm fine. Hey, <laughs> that's the you know that's the great thing about this series though is that um, you know up until you know season 8 everybody everybody has their favorites and that's like one yeah. of the things that makes that made you know that, or that 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 made this whole the whole thing so much fun is because you know some people are like I'm team Lannister some people I'm team you know team Stark I'm team Targaryen and it's we don't know and we still don't know yeah. in the books so you know hey everyone's yeah. got their favorites it is exciting looking forward to as the last couple books come out it'll be great um but yeah, Melisandre was the one who really turned around for me. I didn't like her at first, but as I saw more and more, I'm like, wow, she's a really cool character, actually. Yeah. And I did actually like her treatment in the show's ending in that she actually got to feel like her arc was properly fulfilled and she felt like she got a good fitting ending for herself because mm -hmm. her major concern wasn't anything political or anything. It was always the army of the dead basically coming eventually and trying to stop the great other than that, find Azora High. Mm -hmm. Which was maybe Ari. I don't know. They didn't really address it. In the right, show. right, yeah, <laughs> right, but, right. Yeah, that'll be neat. That'll be neat to explore her. She is. She does have layers for sure. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's gonna be pretty cool and pretty fun to dive into. Yeah, so to speak. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let me let's grab uh, somebody else here. If anybody's ready to go, just kind of say in the comments here. Uh, real quick, that looks like Lord Adam Parker's ready. Boom. We'll, we'll tag him in here. Lord Adam Parker, you are on. Hey, hopefully the cough wasn't the first thing everybody heard. I'm uh, getting over a cold. So. Oh, it's okay. Just, just like Last Raven's Nest, I believe. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, the first book is 
really great. And you know, I had a couple of thoughts of when you guys were talking and, you know, it, it was really good adaptation. The TV show is a very good adaptation of the first book because you do just get one-sided view, I guess, of the, you know, <clears throat> you get, you get Eddard's take on Cersei. You get Sansa's take on Cersei. So we only know what they're like through the point of view that we get in the book. So Cersei is a very bad character in the books, mm-hmm. you know, just because she's she's unpleasant to to both Ned and <clears throat> to Sansa. And then the TV show when they came through, it's and same thing with Jamie too. And they clearly read all of the books and they clearly know you know jamie's arc and that he does have a good side and that cersei really does care about her children and then it's more than just the one side we see of them and yeah gurm was very heavily involved in the first i think four seasons at least mm-hmm. and he probably did write a couple dialogues and was like okay this is what they probably would have said and we should add this and I think he used to actually write one episode per season, um, you know, in the shows up till season four. And then I think he tried to, I think like season five and six or whatever, he tried to write an episode and he was trying to introduce characters and they're like, the producers are like, no, no like yeah. we don't have time. <laughs> we don't have time. <laughs> this is episode nine. We can't take, introduce like patch face or something like that. Like we can't introduce them now. Like, you know, this is not how you do TV. Um, and but anyway so and it's good of of getting that kind of you know, so the tv did a very very good job with season one in my opinion and you know coming from the show first and <clears throat> it was an idea that we kind of brought up on um the hyperspace hangout of what i wonder what it would have been like to be book only and then seeing it adapted to the show whereas i knew who Jon Snow was. I knew he was the, you know, everyone's favorite or he was like the most he was the main character. And mm-hmm. so then seeing what he was like in book 1 was interesting where it's like okay, I know who where he's going to go and um <clears throat> but on the flip side one character that I ended up really liking is is Tyrion. Like I didn't like him in the show, you know, just because you get and he's kind of like book one Tyrion two, where he's just like he's mean, you know. He's kind of, you know, he's he's right. abrasive, yeah. and like I really didn't like him as a character until, you know, him his talk with John, you know, where he likes somersaults off this thing, <laughs> uh, off the top, <laughs> thing, which was pretty pretty interesting. Right. And you know, it says like he walked Tyrion walked back in the hall, and for a minute he was almost as tall as a king. And stuff, and it really the books really do paint Tyrion much, much differently than the show does. And so it was really awesome to get that perspective. And then the rewatch of the show, it's like, oh, cool! Like maybe I missed this the first time, type of thing. Right. Yeah, it is kind of neat to see, uh, like, how you know, watching it first and then going and reading the books, and did we think about it differently? It's all that kind of stuff I wish I could uh, undo and try it both ways, you know? Like Right, exactly. And, like, yeah. now that I know, like, now that we know what's happening in season eight, and we're, like, I'm trying to pick up clues throughout the books of, and I read somewhere on, like, Reddit or somewhere, and someone talking about this, and they made very good sense 
that Daenerys actually is the enemy. Like she's the quote unquote bad guy in the entire book series. And Hmm. you just get her point of view, even though it's like you're following the enemy essentially. And it's like, I want to try to pick up on that. And that's one thing that going through the first book, you know, I was trying to pay attention to, and it's like, you know, it's building up as a character. And then it's one thing I'm excited to go through the next book and say, is she the enemy? You know, how many bad things does she do? And, Hmm. you know, is there basically explaining of explanation of, of why, who she is, who she is in season seven and eight, is that explained in the earlier books? Hmm. Um, So I'm excited for that uh, moving forward. Yeah. Like, are we, are we following the bad guy? The airport bad guy? Like that's, that's bizarre. Like if you led us along this whole way and it was subtle and then, I mean, that's going to, that's obviously going to piss Magum off, right? <laughs> but, uh, but that's yeah, it's crazy. Like, that would be crazy. It's like Star Wars. It's like you're following Darth Vader, essentially, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, you know, Anakin is Darth Vader. You know, he's a Sith Lord. But like, why is episode one all about Anakin? Why is mm-hmm. episode two all about Anakin? It's like George R. R. Martin's doing the exact same thing. He's like, well, I'm giving her a point of view. But like she's still the bad guy, like yeah. So that's going to be interesting. I mean, maybe she isn't. Maybe she is, but that'd be cool to see. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, the character that is my favorite character, of course, is Ned. Um, still, <laughs> he can still yeah. come back in the books. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and and it's you know, absolutely season one, book one. That's all story of the Starks and like, you know, they paint him really good and he's a good guy. It's like, you kind of want to be the father that he is, you know, I, I feel like he's a good like role model, you know, for like real life kind of, um, but book two, who, the character I'm most excited for is Tyrion because as I, as I kind of mentioned earlier, book two Tyrion and really book three Tyrion is my favorite character of the entire series. Hands down, book two Tyrion, best character there is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I can't, I can't wait for the weekly Tyrion chapters uh, yeah. to go through and just show out how awesome he is. Because really, <clears throat> and it doesn't make sense, he's Gurm's favorite character. And Gurm writes him really the best. You yeah. know? And it's like, Bran, he writes the not best future king. Um, <laughs> long may he reign. Uh, it's because it's like, uh, Grimm said, like, Bran's tough to write. I mean, it's like, it's tough to write a 13 year old boy or a 10 year old boy. Like, right. what do they think about? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but he really takes his time with Tyrion and he really develops Tyrion so well. And Tyrion's got all the coolest lines. Um, and so I'm, I'm super excited, uh, for season two of Bend the Knee to explore yeah. Tyrion. Yeah, I mean Wait. his 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 growth and his growth in season two or you know see, well book two and seasons two and three of the of the show is uh, I mean it's great and then you know it all all comes to, it comes together so well and you know in season four of the show right when he had when he's put on trial and um and, you know mm-hmm. and you know what goes there I mean that's like boom season four I think you and I Sir Ezra have said quite a bit that that's like the best you know season season of the show I mean that. That's where it really gets like yeah. it's so good. That's where Arya leaves and Tyrion's put on trial, and um, I think that's at the end where John becomes Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, and it's like these characters we've been following really start to change into the characters that they they become. 
the characters yeah, we know them as. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So, agreed. And that's really where I started watching. I mean, I think I started watching the show at season. John was dead in the show. Um, mm. And like, I, so I, I think, so that's end of season five, I believe, right? So yeah. season five had ended, and then I watched one through five right before season six came out. And that was my introduction to the show. And then I didn't start reading the books at all until last year when this podcast started. You know, I started the same time. And then mm-hmm. I'm actually only through book three. I'm not even, I haven't even read all of the books yet. Um, oh wow man just wait just wait oh, uh, yeah. sir Ezra, just yeah. wait till lord adam barker gets to like dance with dragons man <laughs> yeah and like the only thing i know of like future stuff is just what i googled on the wiki and like right. i know all the spoilers but i don't know like the the middle chapters you know what i mean and i only know how it ends i don't know how how it does during the you know during the book so i'm i mean i'm super excited to get to that uh yeah and i heard they're good <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah. Dude, it, yeah it's hard to keep it all straight to be honest with you it's like i i need maps and cliff notes and everything to... yeah i'm almost a little intimidated for it and it's like every once in a while a discussion will come up and someone will be like what do you think about this character i'm like i have zero clue who this character is i've never right. heard their name before like what are you talking about <laughs> and then i'll like i'll google who they are <laughs> and i'll be like yeah. oh, okay that just doesn't really explain like who they are yet you know and right so i'm still still exploring the journey which is pretty awesome but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah nice it'll be good it'll be good it'll be to be a lot of fun I mean, even in this next book man there's there's still like there's times where i forget i like recall doesn't come to be quick enough i'm like who uh, i know there was a lord speaking to so-and-so and someone convinced stannis to do this but who was that again i don't you know right and why we have I, to reread yeah, we had a discussion about the ghost of Renly, and I was like, I just read that battle backward, and I still don't know what people are talking about. I like, I don't know what the ghost of Renly is. And then I had to like go back and look on the wiki and be like, oh, like I didn't even pick this up in the book, right? You know, so it's yeah. no, it's it's the next book is going to be a sick book, and it's like mm-hmm. book one is perfect world building, and honestly, it's like it's kind of a standalone book, you know, in the. <clears throat> in the sense that like Marvel movies are almost standalone Marvel movies where it's like, yeah, it enhances if you keep reading and keep watching on the thing, but like you really don't have to. And it's like kind of interesting and cool how the book is. um, It starts with ice. Right. And then it ends with fire. Mm -hmm. And it's like the whole first book is the story of ice and fire from a Mm -hmm. certain point of view. And I think, you know, George did an extremely good job with narrating the first book. It's a great world builder. It opens and it closes, you know, and it, you, there's an end to the first book. And, like, you don't have to read anything else Game of Thrones. And, like, you'll be fine. Like, the book ended. It had a conclusion. <clears throat> and then it, yeah. to know that it just keeps going and keeps expanding. And, you know, as you mentioned, the next book of throwing in more gods. And it's like, you know, that's that's insane and that's really cool and you get to know who mance is you get to know who stannis is and these are characters just mentioned once or twice well mm-hmm. mance is mentioned like almost every chapter i feel like but but, but still, yeah. then you get to explore who these characters are so it's like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an epic you know next uh 
14 months, 14 weeks or whatever, <laughs> how many chapters in this book? It's <laughs> 22 mm -hmm. weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exploring the chapters. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And I, I can't wait to explore more. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, um, Sir Ezra, who do we have? Up, yeah. who, who do we got up next? I've died. I mean, I think, I think Rod needs in here. I think, she, you know, she's like Boom. Okay. ready to go. Okay. She, you know, she's probably gonna want to talk about like, yeah, I don't know, Thunder well, I gotta, from the Dungeon I, Egg series. I got, well, I have, I have her unmuted here, so if she's ready to go. We, can she hear us? I hope so. I, have, I do. Raj, can you hear us? Probably. Oh, there we go. Oh, there she is. Oh, hey. hey. Oh my god, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, you're on. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Oh, you're on. Yep, you're on. Uh oh. Uh, maybe not. Wait, hey, hello. There hello. we go. And you're back. What are you doing? Some is this some uh, some magic here? We got going. Um, I have it on push to talk because I got really nervous thinking that um you guys could hear me, and I wanted to make sure that <laughs> it wouldn't accidentally happen. Oh no! Yeah, like no, twenty five minutes before you told me all that. So oh, okay, oh, perfect. Gotcha. Um, perfect. Before you mentioned it. <laughs> oh, okay, perfect. Yes. Well, how are you? Actually, I'm good. I actually totally just had um. A thought that I totally lost because um, you mentioned thunder, and obviously, like, uh huh, horses. Yep. yep. Okay. Oh, maybe you just need to. Hey. Okay. There I'm we going go. Going to change the push the talk thing as soon uh, as I'm done with this. Okay. Perfect. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, that's hard to mention, but yeah. So you do you run a horse farm, right? And that's yes. Yeah. So. I mean, we've I've, Sir Matt and I've been talking about uh, the adventure to come and uh, yeah, whether we yeah. could whether we could handle riding a horse. I don't oh, know. Absolutely, I, come on, I, it'd be super fun. I don't know, man. Big animals, especially like draft horses. Man, those things are enormous. Any animal that's large enough that's <laughs> that's bigger than me or large enough to kill me, I'm a little like, uh, I don't know, man. Well, okay, so they're not draft horses. They're like they're really nice. They're fancy jumping horses. Oh, okay, okay, so, perfect, and they're really perfect. sweet. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I was there when like uh, the most part of them were born, so it's okay. actually really cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So no, I got you, and like that would be a real weird move of mine to have you guys all the way out here and put you on horses, then we could jerry. Yeah. Um, Can you right? teach us to joust? Because at some point, <laughs> Sir Ezra and I want want to joust. We would. We'd, we'd probably die. We would die. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, we need to push to talk there. Oh, hey, yep. There we go. <clears throat> anyway, um, so I have totally thought about that. I do not think my guys would be down for jousting. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I, I don't know, Sir Ezra. I mean, how hard do you, how hard, you know, could it, could it be? <sighs> to, to joust? I mean, um, oh, first of all, it's probably really scary, to be honest. Yeah. Can you imagine being on a horse? Like, imagine having a horse running at you. Yeah, I mean, that's And now you're crazy. on a horse <laughs> yeah. going even faster. Right. <laughs> First of all, these horses jump, and that scares me, you know, to daylight. It's like, they're going to, I, I want my horse to stay on the ground, okay? Will my horse do that? That's what I, that's what I want. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, totally. Yeah, I've got a couple super lead. That's good. The because that they work. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Because I was out, I think I said this, where was I? I was at the um, Yellowstone or something, and I was doing some horse 
thing. And my, my horse just wanted to eat the whole time, which was fine. But then I got like lost and I got behind the pack and, and uh, it was Diener. Never forget that experience. I was like way back and had to like, you know, catch up. Peter didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> like, um, uh, Kat and uh, Lysa getting lost in the fog back when they were kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. There to like find you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, yeah. But um, so I guess uh, I totally have to put in here that um, when I first started uh, into Game of Thrones, I um, <clears throat> totally didn't want to. My boyfriend made me. Um, and at the end of the series, at the, at the end of the first season, um, I was when I logged onto Audible for the first time. Um, and I actually started listening to A Clash of Kings before, like, the, I continued watching the season. And that was super duper weird. Huh. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but gave me a whole lot more appreciation for the uh, first season when I went back and watched it. So I... I'm kind of married to the idea of like watch the TV or the movie beforehand because I love having uh, an image of the characters in my mind. So then when you go back to the book, it's like every that it's like that awesome season you watched, but so much better. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to wins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Because you have a visual and take what you like from the show and then you have to see hands on it. So it's, it's, uh, I stand by that even if George did it the exact same way it went down in the books, it would still be in the books and we might be it. Yeah. Yep. Nope. We lost her. Lost her there, maybe. Oh, there we go. Oh, hey, yeah. This sucks. I'm not going to do push to talk anymore. It's, it's, it's. It's all good. Discord, hey. Discord, Discord is even you know even for Sir Ezra and I who use it all the time. I mean, as you, as, yeah. as you saw before we before we started the recording here, we're like on here, and we're like, hold on a second. You get every time it's like you got to change all the settings, and it's it's not yeah. Yeah, and I'm on my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so fun and easy to talk to that like feels like I'm talk chatting with my buddies. So I'm walking around, and then my finger moves, and then oh, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, the concentration. Well, um, but I don't know. Yeah, like so. So, so did you? You actually did you read the whole first like Clash of Kings first, no. or did you? I yeah. nope. I went um, just about to the end of the prologue, and I was like, oh, I don't like this. I started watching all of it back in like 2012 or 13. So there mm-hmm. were a couple seasons out, I think. Yeah. Okay. Something along those lines. Um, but <clears throat> definitely married me to the fact of like, especially because this world is so big and it's so complex. Um, that's something I've actually been marveling about the last couple of months, uh, just doing my own reread and listening to a bunch of podcasts is just a sheer appreciation for the world building. Yeah. Um, I, I was talking to Sir Ezra last night and I didn't have any kind of interest in fantasy or anything. Like I literally started listening to, um, the, the oh, I can't even remember the first book in the Lord of the Rings oh, series. Fellowship. <laughs> Fellowship. Fellowship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fellowship of the Rings. Um, per suggestion, and I actually am like halfway through the first uh, podcast that you have for that, and I kind of wanted to see like, all right, let's hear your synopsis, and then oh. I'll go back and read it. I want to see if yeah. that'll work because it's these these worlds are so big, and these these um, these authors, they're artists and they're masters of their craft. It's so 
I feel like I need to go in with a little bit of context to really appreciate all this great work they did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll, like, here's another example. So uh, Brandon Sanderson, who finished Wheel of Time, some of his works I've tried, I've read his Mistborn series, and then I went and tried to do, I don't even know what it's called, a Starlight series, or it's like the Way of Kings or something. It mm -hmm. overwhelmed me. And I was like, I need to know what the hell's going on here, because I, I could not follow it for a second. It really have to just either push through, or you got to back up and say, is there a companion guide? And can I get a little bit of context, which is why I think podcasting is cool, because you can uh, someone else who can give you like a general overview, front load you with some information, and then you can kind of take off from there. But it can be it can be tough. And, and actually, the first several chapters, you know, of, of um, Tolkien's work in, in Fellowship, it's kind of it's a little bit uh, can be tough mm -hmm. to get through. Uh, Lord um, Parker, nerds. <laughs> nerd, oh, yeah. yeah, see, I haven't, hey, I haven't read, I haven't read, I read The Hobbit, but I didn't read Lord of the Rings. I haven't read the, I haven't read the books. Yeah, and what's, what's crazy, just so one knows, I mean, like, Hobbit's more of a kid's story. Yeah. Uh, it's still, it's young adult, whatever. And then right. Lord of the Rings is like death off adult level. Right. Goes deaths of stuff. But they're both great. And I, mm -hmm. I recommend those to everyone. Um, and it's something we were talking, so Raj and I were talking about just like um, last night, Wheel of Time a little bit. And I'm like, man, I need people to just start diving in like now. Because well, I think be they so will be. Intense. They will. They will. I'm not, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not concerned about that. Yeah. So, so you really need to dive um, into Wheel of Time as me, man. Who I'm getting, I'm working, I'm working through it, but. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's just the hype is real. But um, so for Raj, though, what is like in the first book, I mean. Like, do you have a most significant, like, moment or favorite part so, to the first book? Um, so I was probably um, one of the, like, top 1,000 people in the world who is the most horrified uh, about when that uh, Sir Gregor's um, yeah. had his uh, horse's head. Oh, up. yeah. That yeah, that was awful. Yeah. Did he do that in the book too, Sir Matt? Yes, he does. He does it. He does it. In the, he does it. He does it. The book and the show. Yeah. That's that's ridiculous. When he's fighting when he's fighting yeah. Loras at the hands at the hands tourney. Right. They do kill yeah. a lot of horses, Maglum. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, Germ, what the heck? I have. Nope. Go ahead. Raj. No. Oh. Oh, there we go. Okay. There we go. Yeah, um, I had the most classic moment of like as Ned's getting led up the stairs to Baylor, and I was like, "Oh, I'm so excited! Crazy like acrobatic feats of like athleticism don't really seem to be this guy's game. What's he gonna do?" Oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't necessarily in the book, but that was just a I, that was my exact thought. Like, oh, he doesn't usually like cartwheel and jump all over the place. What's what's gonna happen? Like, he's gonna right. you know, he's gonna I've, pull something out of the hat here. Some action movie like move, you know, like okay, let's. This is pretty tight. What's going to happen? Um, off the top of my head, I do not. Um, I actually have spent the entire time listening to you guys wishing I had been more prepared. Uh, but I had sent this like funny um, Shire-themed uh, meme to Sir Ezra. And he was like, we're on Discord right now. And I jumped on. and yeah, like, Get in here. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And so I listened to you guys you know, fiddle with your stuff for like 20 minutes. It was great. Yeah. That's, what, yeah, well, okay. that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. So an easy one. Like, so... What, so you've read the first book in um, 
the Songwise Empire series. And then have you read uh, any of Clash of Kings? Have you started that? Oh, yeah, oh, she, yeah, no, no. yeah she I've gone through it, yeah. these a bunch. Yeah, I, I've audibled through them. I don't even know how many times. Oh, okay, 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 good. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just meant as like as the startup, it was kind of interesting. So my first introduction to the series was gotcha. the um, was the <clears throat> the TV series, and then uh, the first time reading. So the first time diving into that level of detail, detail, mm-hmm. and you know, just complexity was straight into Clash, which was yeah. slightly overwhelming, and that's oh yeah, backed off. Um, but it was really cool to kind of have them come together. There were times where. Um, I think the first time I had to go straight through the books. Oh, it was uh, the first time John saw the um, um, the mammoths and the giants and things when he finally gets taken yeah. to Mance Raider's horde. Um, that was the first thing I was just marveling at. They had mm-hmm. done so well in this series. Like, oh, this is exactly what I thought it would look like. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, and yeah. I can't remember where exactly that falls. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really interesting series. Like I said, I didn't really have any um, appreciation or interest in fantasy growing up, um, <clears throat> but like uh, I was telling Sarazra in school, I was a lit major for a little bit, and so I have a, a vague appreciation for it. And it's so much fun to get to dive into them with so many other people because you know. So you, can't... you're like a cool kid who's converted. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. yeah. Actually, no. Okay. I was uh, that weird horse girl that started reading more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Do you do you have a favorite character then in like the whole series? Like someone um, you? Absolutely, Arya. I just I really okay. really 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 like her. I know that I almost feel cliche in saying that, but she's just so much fun to to read through over and over again. Um, <clears throat> I think it's a very um, I had my interest in her really amped up when uh, I had heard someone saying something about how Bran is uh, can be a difficult character to write because he's writing from the POV of a you know what ten year old boy when it starts, and then all of a sudden I reel back and I think about Arya. I'm like, whoa, that's weird too. And so mm-hmm. you, know, you know, I liked her because she's spunky and cute and fun. And uh, in the book, she rides like Lyanna, and you know what? That mm-hmm. threw me towards her. So yeah. Yeah, um, and I had um, I, I'd written a message at one point. I can't remember on uh, what form, um, uh, what form of social media. But I had uh, there's this moment when she has escaped um, Harrenhal with uh, Gendry and Hop High, and they've been riding through the night, and she's absolutely exhausted. And um, I went to school in France for my riding stuff, and there were days where I would ride, you know, eight horses in a day, and that's a long day. Yeah. And I listened to that chapter and it was a reread listen at one point or a re-listen at that point. But like, I just remember him talking about how she was so tired and she ends up walking around to a point, you know, with her horses walk in circles till it stops to eat. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, exactly. That's exactly what it's yeah. like. And it like brought me back to life laughing at it. Like, right. Wow. What huh. a cool, fun connection. <laughs> like, I'm literally in the woods with Aria and I'm wiped too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, huh. I think that's kind of a cool, special way I get to connect with the books. So that's why that's what prompted me to offer, um, you know, you guys to come out and I'll show you as much of what it's like to spend all day in the saddle as you'd like. Yeah, I'm, holy I'm, cow! We're now we're gonna we're gonna make it happen. We'll be able to walk after that. Yeah, you know, we're yeah, gonna, right. see, yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. You're not obligated to spend all day, but if you want, <laughs> yeah. you can. <laughs> I'll let you tap out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez, that'll be cool. 
I think so too. This uh, not as cool as this. Um, this was wicked rad. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank Perfect. you guys right. so much. Um, I actually have to get off. We've got um, uh, my dogs and my horses and my. No, it's all good. Yeah, absolutely. I need to run around. Yeah, can't to run your farm. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. It ain't gonna run itself, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's cool, but I totally dropped everything I was doing to run and jump into this discord thing for the first time so thank you so much Ezra, for yeah. telling me what to do and i'm just going to keep blindly following your lead um it's okay <laughs> perfect well yeah voted well for me so far perfect yeah right. good good awesome. good awesome. all right thanks cool, Rodden. Yep, thank you yep. So yep all right awesome yeah have a good day right. perfect sweet yep okay Dude, awesome getting to getting to know like new people who... it's great you know, you know it's tr- I, I will say i will say this i do genuinely um like i follow any, pretty much all of our followers um you know, and so, you know i don't really like i didn't really like that term like followers you know like because i mean it's it's different yeah it's it's different like it's like you know you and i talk about because we you know we're friends with people on facebook and stuff like that and it's always like we talk about like you guys yeah friends exactly yeah i talk i like sarah and i talk about you guys like all the time you know i mean like all like, the time I'm, you know like lord adam parker you know it's like you know he's just living the life out there in the big city, you know. Yeah, you see where you went and all this stuff, yeah. and you know, we, we see we see we see people doing stuff. We're like, how about you know, how about this guy? How about that guy? You see what the, you see what they're doing? You see what they're doing? We're like, yeah, I know it's crazy, you know. So, uh, especially like people that are really into like uh, you know cosplay and all this other stuff, we we just see and it's it's great, man. It's it's awesome. So um, yeah. yeah, yeah, cool, really cool. So. Um, okay, I think we have uh yep. Lady Becky. Yeah, Lady Becky, okay. we're gonna we're gonna unmute you here. I know you said you're a little shy. Oh, there's boy. no there's literally no reason to be shy. We're just <laughs> we're just hanging out. So you're 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 live, you're on the air. Um, you know, it's, it's probably I mean it's like How you doing? I mean like eight thousand people are, are probably listening, you know, with yeah, no when, when this post. So no big deal. <laughs> there's no pressure, don't worry about it. Like <laughs> that just makes everything so much easier. Can I right. am I am I coming through okay i'm not yeah. sure yes. i'm on yeah, microphone you, now i'm on microphone nope. number three no you sound great yeah you sound great yeah yeah it's good yeah uh, hello perfect where are oh, you yeah. where are you uh broadcasting from here uh here from ireland ireland no way Whoa. have you any other no. irish no <laughs> i'm well it's crazy i mean i am of irish descent i mean that's like my the majority of my family uh background is so I figured I actually sent you a raven recently saying that probably have some some Irish blood either in in yourselves or in other people listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Brady is you know O Brady is where it where it comes from, and it's yeah. And then this uh, and then my other my other side of my like my dad's side is Butler, and like they the, the like it was like there was like the Butler dynasty that was like pretty powerful in Ireland uh, and stuff like that. And I've done my family lineage, and like it's been traced kind of back to that, yeah, for a bit. So. <laughs> hmm. So, uh, Lady Becky here. Is it? Is it? Am I saying that right? Right. Becky. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Okay. Cool. Um. Is so. I'm. I'm. I mean, my, my people are Scottish. Is that gonna be a problem? Is, is that okay? <laughs> oh no! My best friend in school was Scottish. They're they're mad people. They are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to hear. Okay. Good. <laughs> Wanted to make sure because I'm actually planning a trip over there, uh, this coming summer with my dad. So. Bring yeah yeah we've been looking at like <laughs> yeah, it's the like and... it's the weather's very much i mean like i live in portland uh oregon which is uh you know it's that it rains from about 
you know, late August to about June. And I, th- I think it's pretty, I think the weather climates are pretty similar from what yeah. I, from what I've seen. We, yeah. we had six days sunshine this year, which was, was pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. That, sign me up, man. Maybe I should move to Ireland. It's a gray, you know, it's, it's grayer and rains more there. That's, that's that. I love, yeah, I great. love, I love it. People are like, don't you, don't you get tired of the rain? Oh, I'm like, no. For, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, man, I love it. That's awesome. Um, okay. So Lady Becky, so thoughts on, you know, like this first book, like Game of Thrones, what, what, are, what are you thinking? Like, do you have any favorite moments or favorite characters or what are, what are your thoughts? Um, definitely Arya. Arya's arc in, in book one is just, she, she goes through so much. She's having such a hard time and, you know, she's, she's literally a, an eight-year-old girl running around catching pigeons. Yeah. Trying to stay alive. Do you know, we kind of, you're kind of looking at that from a very early stage going, God, this girl's resourceful. She knows what she's doing. She kind of, she's <laughs> determined and she's got some skills. Obviously yeah, right. going to be a good rest of her story, but if she lasts long, you know, from the end of book one, you kind of think anybody can go. Right. <laughs> yeah, you definitely. Yeah, you definitely think that. That's for sure. Yeah. Don't get too attached to anybody. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and and Arya, you know, Arya in the first book, you know, everyone's really even in a way. Uh, Sansa, it, it, they're all so tied up in kind of the Game of Thrones, where she's like, I don't, I want none of that. I want, I want literally none of that. She's yeah. like, I want to, I want a sword. And I don't want to be a lady. I want to do my own thing. And, um, you know, it's great. I mean, that's without her, we would miss out on, you know, just the different the different the different sides of like Sansa and, you know, you know, Ned. I mean, there there's actually a character, you know, like with Sansa um, where you get. You get Ed uh, Ned Ard's point of view and Arya's point of view and they're both kind of different where you know ned's she's almost growing up too fast for him he's he doesn't really realize it then you see sansa side where she's like she's so like you know not like stuck up but you know almost like that yeah she's something she's stuck i i would call it a little stuck up I mean, right got, yeah but you get that because ideas of, of fantasy yeah, and yeah, yeah you get that because of Arya's Arya's point of view yeah which is great from Harry's point of view, you nearly see Sansa as being more childish because she whinges a lot. She she mm-hmm. wants what she wants and she doesn't care about the consequences or what it means for other people. Arya's kind of got that empathy towards everybody else where Sansa just wants to be queen at the start. She nearly seems more childish than Arya who's like, well, I don't care. I've just got loyalty and mm-hmm. this is how I'm going to do what I want. So <laughs> you get the duality yeah. from both. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um. Huh. So you well, you're really gonna then I mean like Arya going forward in this uh in this next book, I mean Yeah. Uh that really picks up and there's some good moments for her in this in, in a Game of Thrones, but in a Clash of Kings, wow, I mean her story arc just kinda of takes off, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Have you have you read all the books? I've listened to the audiobook version um and I'm on a reread then so it's my first time actually reading them but mm-hmm. I know the story pretty well I've listened to the audiobooks a couple of times through but you get a lot more detail when you're reading it off the page so I'm picking up on little easter eggs and little bits now that I never got through the audiobook because you get distracted while you're just listening to something you could be driving could be whatever right. and you you miss little details when you're reading it you can kind of go over the line again and go oh wait what's that mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm on. Where am I? I'm on Storm of Swords book two now at the moment in um, a reread of the hard copy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, and in um, in Europe, 
because you yeah, I noticed that you, you said Storm of Swords book two, they are released different. Did you know this, Sir Ezra? Remember somebody asked us about this? Like, Say what? Yeah, when we first started, do you remember somebody was asking us about this? Like, I'm on Storm of Swords book, t- book two, and I was like, at first I was like, what are you talking about? It's like Storm of Swords is book three. But no, they're they're kind of split into halves. There's a version um, that that's it's more in the European market where it's like they're split into half. So it's like Storm of Swords book one, Storm of Swords book two, and yeah. So it's yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Did not know that. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah, they're kind of split into halves. Uh, they're just I don't know why. It's just just another just a different way they're released in different yeah. parts of the world. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um. Wow. Well. Uh. Lady Becky, do you have it? So we got we we have the um, we know that you like Arya, but like, is there? What do you think is like like one of the major like most important things? I guess from this first book, something that we need to know, think about moving forward, all that good stuff. Like significant That's, takeaway. There's probably a lot going on in the background, and I think in book one, you're not really too sure what's a big deal and what's just kind of world building. So there could be something maybe that they say in passing that you don't know if it's going to come up down the line or you don't know if it's just, you know, something there for the atmosphere or whatever. But I think by the end of book one, you kind of get the idea that anything could be a clue to something coming up or, you you know, basically anything could happen. You don't know what to expect. Like dragons come alive at the end of book one. The person that you thought was a main character gets his head taken off and, you know, 14 year olds become the king it's <laughs> right right <laughs> uh, it's it's all very um very surprising at the start nearly to set you up for the rest of the story to say well look look what we can do we can do anything <laughs> yeah yes that 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 is a good point i mean that's why i guess well yeah i mean look, look, look at like by the end here we have dragon and i think that one of the last episodes we we did we were kind of talking about the idea that uh Magic has somewhat gone away. According to the Maesters, this stuff is not real. Um, you know, and then we're, we're actually seeing it. We're seeing magic come back into the world. And so it's like, well, holy cow. I mean, once that comes back in, we can do, we can do anything. Right. One of the other things is that it kind of throws up that there, there might be prophecy. There might be, um, say, Bran asks old man, what does the comet mean? What does, and she says straight off the bat, dragons. She doesn't hesitate. Yeah. It's like she knows. And it's, I know that they say that the comet could mean anything. Comet, comet means this, comet means that. But at the end of the day, someone said dragons. And dragons have been dead for, you know, so yeah. long. Right. But, but they still, it, it still came true. You don't hear any more about the comet, really. In book two, it's kind of, it's, yeah. it's, it's a passing. It's, it's gone. Do you know, that's, uh, that was its purpose. Was it dragons? Was old Nan right? Is there a prophecy? Is you don't really know what anything yeah. could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially because you know we talked about this in our, in our last well, the last episode we did the Danny chapter is Danny looks up in the in the before she brings the dragons back, the comet's already there, and so you know some people say, well, the if the comet is because of dragons, but if the comet's already there, then is the you know does it is it because of the comet's there that dragons are able to come back, or is it vice versa? You know, did it did it start because of the way the of what's going to happen where she, when, when the dragons come back, that creates the comet. Cause you know, it seems like she looks up and already sees it, mm. but she sees it as a different dome altogether. She doesn't even expect that it could be dragon. She sees it as the comets leading her way across the, is that right? She, yep. They're leading, the comets yeah. leading her across the red waste and she must keep going to, to um, 
Marine, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, basically, the, the, the lesson is we have to listen to old man. Okay. She knows what, what she's talking about. She knows what she's about. Okay. Oh, I'm 100% behind that. Yeah, you definitely got to listen to old Nan. Yeah. So, uh, well, um, any any characters, you know, that they uh, you know, you're excited to kind of dive back into a little bit here as we go into Clash of Kings, you know, we get some more characters, Davos, Stannis, Melisandre, um, some of the Theon starts getting some point of views. Any other characters you're you you you're kind of kind of favor? I love Davos. Davos Seaworth mm-hmm. is probably in the book and the show probably my favorite character. Yeah. Um, just because you, he, he, he's just a character you can kind of connect with and you you know what he's about from the very start from his very first point of view cut, uh, chapter as well you know you know what he's what he's about and he doesn't change his, his arc isn't even that dramatic you know he's always right. kind of straight shooter yeah yeah yeah, yeah he's he's one of the best I, I love davos so much easy to easy to connect with and just the onion knight being the, the way he rises and he speaks like he's just blunt and honest and, and speaks truth to power. And you're like, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. He did forget about his wife for, for a couple of years. That was yeah, he did. yeah, he does. Where's your wife and your, your rest of your sons? That's, you know, go home, man. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's, lo- he's losing sons. I mean, it's just like, man, he does think, I mean, later on when, uh, gosh, when he's with uh, uh, Manderly, like he's starting to think about some of how long he's been gone and his sons and stuff. Right. It's just kind of, kind of crazy. And he the never gets heard from them. He never gets a raven. He never. Yeah. He rarely brings them up. It's only kind of when he's stuck on his little island that he kind of goes, "Oh, I must remember that I have sons to live for." And then yeah. he go home after he goes straight to, um, Dorm's End. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, uh, he he he's just totally dedicated himself to. It's almost like he's caught up in in like living a better life and trying mm-hmm. to. Uh, provide for like his sons or, or showing them that this is the life that we can, that we can live because he came from nothing and he, I don't know if he gets carried away with that or, or what have you but uh, but yeah he's he's air quote air quote a family man and then he's also really close with with uh, Shireen and and mm-hmm. that's kind of a neat, oh, neat you piece. have to love his relationship with Shireen they're so they're just so cute together even when especially in the show but even in the book. Mm-hmm. They, um, she's teaching him to read, and uh, it's such a good, um, such a good relationship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I can't. I can't wait to. Yeah. To to talk more about Davos. Yeah. For sure. And I, you know, and I think I think that's, you know, you have Shireen, who we see as this, you know, this great innocent character, and then you pair her with Davos, who is this other family. You know, not really. He's like he's a favorite. So then that's what makes it like when he finds out what happened, it makes it that much more heartbreaking. Yeah. Maglum here says, you know, Davis is a better father to her than Stannis is part of the reason I don't like Stannis. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah, he definitely is. Shireen to Stannis is just an heir. And it's very, it's very um, sad. I don't think, I don't even think I'm angry about it. I think it's just sad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Should adopt, uh, should adopt, uh, Shireen. Yeah. Shireen. She's, yeah, she's still alive. She's still, style. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's, uh, I mean, she's still alive in the books. So, I mean, you know, there's a, there's a possible, well, fingers yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, there's a chance that it goes a little bit differently, but, oh, um, be so mad. yeah, <laughs> yeah, 
yeah uh, but we'll see so perfect all right well yeah absolutely um thank you so much that was this that was great that was uh that was yeah, this is great. epic he, we have someone from ireland like that's yeah it's crazy epic. well it, yeah and is it maglum from australia man hey just, move aside maglum okay hey, you know just, what time is it there you're that's like five hours ahead from east coast time i think in ireland it's five to nine p.m yeah Ah, well, yeah we've got 6 a.m we've got 9 p.m i mean geez man we're just all over all over the all over the place here with with uh with with time so this is great it's hard it's hard to find a time yeah it kind of fits with everybody so yeah this is awesome though yeah thank perfect. you thank you yeah thank awesome. you thanks for having me absolutely so perfect all right sir ezra man i mean whoo yeah just so much fun talking to everybody from all over, you know, the world. It's it's just great, man. This is what we love. This is why we love Ravens Nest. We love, you know, talking to you guys, hearing everybody's different points of view, everyone's different perspectives. Um, you know, I mean, this and having you guys on, you know, like we love reading the Ravens, but it's just it's so much more fun when we can get, you know, a handful of people on to come, you know, talk about stuff with us. Yeah, I, I was actually just messaging uh, Raj there. Like, it's sort of like bonkers to be able to talk to her and. Because we've been like, I don't know, we're social media friends. You know? Absolutely, but, yeah, well, yeah. Like, I, We're more than that. All right, let's be honest. Like, I, like as as Laura Barker said, like we we we're friends. I mean, yeah, absolutely. We're friends, and it's just cool. Yeah. It's just so cool to be like interacting and talking with each other. I think that's that's neat. I also think that's what's unique about um, uh, our cast. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of other podcasts, I don't think would just hand their show show over and say, "We want you on." I mean, like, we want your mm-hmm. voice. You know, even though it's yeah. Like we we've we get some some craziness and we get some crazy theories and we get whatever, but like the whole point from the get go has been it's a way to make friends, to build a community, and to just share in our love of the series and this fandom. So yeah, I don't know. Freaking awesome! That's why I love Raven's Nest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, it's you know the crazy thing about it is it started really as like you know Sir Ezra and I were like, well, let's do like a theory. You know, and we're like, okay, so let's just like, I don't know, we'll throw that episode to episode up. And then people started sending us questions and we said, well, what if we did a show that was all about it? So that turned into Fallout Friday. And then we said, well, how do we make, how do we, how do we take Fallout Friday and make it better? We said, well, let's bring, yeah. instead of just like reading people's responses, let's bring people on. And yeah. that's like where it's been just the absolute, the absolute most fun is uh, yeah. you know, bring, bringing people on and, and hanging out and talking to people and stuff like that. So. Well, in, in the next phase, I mean, just as a reminder to everyone, uh, we we're going to do this uh, later when we record our hyperspace episode, and then even when we do our real time stuff, uh, we're doing like those live sort of just everybody hop in and just chat with us before we start the show. Mm-hmm. We're doing some live live recordings there, and you can listen uh, live to the pre-show, and then even maybe even listen to uh, bits and pieces of the actual. Uh, show that we are going to record and put out on the podcast. And, and you can see how people like influence us just by typing in the chat. We get like funny, you know, what do they call GIFs, GIFs, whatever the heck they're called. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's, pronounced, it's pronounced a GIF. Hey president, man, I'm a president, well, President Obama said so. So. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. Official. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. it's just, it's really cool, man. I, I always think this is this is neat. I wish I wish we had more time to like to do more of these, but it's crazy. We still after this, we've got Patreon content to do, and we've mm-hmm. got uh, other other things to kind of uh, record and, and get done and work on the new Wheel of Time show. It's just, uh, but it's neat when we get these moments. That's why we're going to try to work in that pre-show so we can do more mm-hmm. weekly stuff where people can just hang out, hop in, and, yeah, and hang out 
in chat and stuff. So, but uh, yeah, man, I don't know. This is kind of cool. It's, it's neat thinking about Game of Thrones, its significance, uh, all of these characters, where they're going to go, how they're going to continue to develop. And, and there are still tons of book theories. I, 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 I go on Reddit and I still look at, like, even given what we know in season eight, we can still do a lot of speculating as to what's going to happen in wins. I mean, is Stannis going to die the same way? Is he going to die at all? Um, no. He's right. Not. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. yeah. So those are the things that we have to be air quote watchful for. Mm-hmm. So Perfect. It's exciting. Yeah. Perfect. All right, man. Well, uh, you know, thank you guys so much for coming and hanging out with us. You know, we we as we get as I said again, we sincerely appreciate it. I think it I think it makes for an awesome time. Um, you know, we love doing these Ravens Nest, and uh, you know, uh, Sir Ezra and I are still just I think we're on a, a just broth for like the next uh, week or so, and then we're gonna be coming at you guys hard with Clash of Kings. Um, mm-hmm. We have been, uh, you know, it's 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 nice, you know, after we after we finish the, um. October 11th. Oh, I don't, they're talking about something else. Um, no, it'll be name days, name days in there. Yeah. They're, they're talking about something else. Um, it'll be the third, the, or no, it'll be, excuse me, it'll be the fourth of November will be the first, uh, the first show there. So, um, yeah, we're going to be coming back with, with clash of Kings and, uh, it's a nice, you know, we, you know, what I call like the first season of bend the knee, you know, is we started with chapter one. We did, I mean, we did world of ice and fire. We uh, were throwing up fire and blood in there. We did the show, um, you know, and as we yep. go forward with what we're calling season two here, which is going to be clash of Kings, which is, you know, I think another like 73 chapters. Um, and whenever the prequel comes out, you know, we'll, we'll make sure it will be including that as well. You know, right now they said there's another prequel in, in development. So we'll see what happens with that. And, yeah. uh, you know, if winds of winter comes out, you know, we've got a contingency plan on that. So don't, so don't worry. It's just, uh, <laughs> we do. It, uh, so, uh, things, things will, things, things will, things will, uh, overhaul a little bit there. So, um, who knows, man, I'm just, I'm look I'm excited, uh, to jump into like, you know, the next, you know, the next air quote chapter here of, uh, of, you know, bend, yeah. the, bend the knee and, and this, the story that is the song of ice and fire. Yeah, and, and here's just a little quick teaser. We've got a few uh, friends of the podcast, and we even got some of our our patrons who we talk to on the regular. And we're going to be bringing some people on every periodically, you know, just, whether it's into a maester study or even just for the chapter portion of the reread, uh, that the, the kind of the meat of the show. So be ready for that. We've got some other fun stuff kind of planned in different little segments that we're trying to, to ramp up. So we want it to be, we want to make the best show we can and enjoy kind of creating content and, and uh, diving into this series. So I'm excited, man. Really, absolutely. really excited. So Absolutely. So, all right. Well, guys, uh, thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing a Clash of Kings prologue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast gmail.com and a quick reminder you can also go to bend the knee podcast.com is that correct sir ezra that's right yes. and you can send us a raven there as well you can go check out our, our, our website uh serge uh jimmy has has worked on so uh be sure to check that out as well so um all right well uh we will see you in a couple weeks and remember that winter is coming